Welcome to the Keep It Quirky podcast. I'm your host, Katie Quinn, and this is the show where I talk with creatives and entrepreneurs about how they got where they are, what makes them tick, and the discipline and drive to create. I believe that passion begets passion. So come on with me and let's do this. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for joining this week. You know, there's a lot to unpack from today's episode. And one of the nuggets I'd like to put in your head straight away is just the question of what does it mean to be an artist? Along these lines, I had a really interesting conversation recently with this guy named Omar Zavala. Hi, Omar. Hi, Katie. How are you? (laughs) Doing great. Doing great. I just had a wonderful morning hanging out with you. Yeah, it was awesome. Lots of fun. Yeah. I met Omar randomly on the streets of central London one sunny afternoon. He approached me about a photo project of his, and I find this totally incredible. He goes up to total strangers and asks if they'll sit in a very public place for him to take their photo. And at first, I was super skeptical. But, you know, think of Humans of New York. I'm sure you know who this guy is. Instagram, books, a really prolific photographer. He essentially does the same thing. Okay, so I went home, I looked up Omar's work and the other portraits he's taken, and I was game on. Omar is a really talented, driven, bright, and really kind guy. He's originally from Peru. He went to film school here in London years ago, but now his day job, it's not filmmaking. And that's why he started this photography project, to give him an artistic outlet. As you said, yeah, I was trained as a filmmaker. I haven't done much of it uh, in the past few years, but photography is, uh, well, it's something that allows me to be creative and to, um, yeah, just uh, have more of a go at being, uh, well, attempt to be an artist, I guess. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that you say attempt to be an artist. What's the difference between being an artist and attempting to be an artist? Wow, that's a very good question, I think, and it's not really for a person to call consider himself an artist. I think it's up to the audience to rate or to at some point think, yes, this is art, this person is an artist. And I don't think that happens just over one piece of work, that happens over a lifetime. Over a lifetime. So that means it has to be something that is constantly evolving. And this really struck home for me as my inspiration for my video content on my YouTube channel after four years is definitely going through a transition. And I've really been struggling with that. But maybe, just maybe, I shouldn't struggle with it, but accept it as a part of this longer creative journey. Art is a way for me to express who am I, my uh, thinking, my emotions, but I don't think I can call myself that and I can achieve that with just one photograph or over a year. Everyone now can take a picture with their phone and they post them on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and there's just so much content all around. We have to challenge ourselves, not only as photographers, but as just normal people that want to achieve something meaningful. Achieving something meaningful. Isn't that what art is all about? And isn't that what we're all pursuing? I I can speak for myself and say, yeah. I think there's a lot of wisdom in Omar's view on his craft and a very humble self-perception. You can see Omar's portraits on his Instagram at Omar Zavala Photography. This tees up today's interview 
perfectly. My interview is with Siobhan Ferguson. You may know her as at Chavez on Instagram. That's S-I-O-B-H-A-I-S-E. Yes, pronounced Chavez. Or you may know her from her new book, Pretty City London, or the Instagram accounts that she curates at Pretty City London and at Pretty Cities. Suffice to say that she has really thrived and has been incredibly successful on Instagram and using Instagram as a platform. And Siobhan herself is legitimately awesome. She used to be a banker in Dublin and London, and then things changed when she became a mom. So in this episode, she talks about that transition, what that was like, and how Instagram became the outlet that gave her the mind space, opened her up to exploring her creativity that was kind of still like a nascent thing in her, and essentially gave her the passion and career that she has now. It's funny, though, because she's still hesitant to call herself an artist, even though she makes a living from the photos she takes. She says it's easier to call herself an ex-banker. So this conversation with Siobhan that you're about to hear has made me think a lot about what it is to be an artist. I make videos for a living, but am I an artist? Am I a filmmaker? It's kind of hard to make that leap. And Omar mentioned how Instagram and Facebook affect what a photo is and what art is and finding meaning in it. The person behind the camera expressing some part of themselves through the photograph, therefore injecting it with depth with that meaning that if it's done well, others can pick up on. If you're familiar with Siobhan's photos, you know that this is true of her work. It evokes emotion, mood, memories, and aspirations from its viewers. More than anything, Siobhan is all about inspiring people to see the beauty in life, to open their eyes to see something that they may have otherwise missed. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely Siobhan Ferguson. Hi, Siobhan. Hello. Thank you so much for having me over to your beautiful home. Oh, thank you for coming all the way. It's so easy to (laughs) to have you come in. (laughs) Your home is gorgeous and it is such a beautiful, sunny day in London and your windows are open and this is just, I can't believe that this is a work day. (laughs) I know, it's fantastic. Long may it last, this beautiful, beautiful weather we're having. Honestly, for everyone listening to the few words you've said so far, our listeners may have picked up on your accent. And so where are you from? I'm from the west of Ireland, from Galway. Um, I do believe Ed Sheeran has sings the song especially for me yes I'm sure he does yes yep. thank you for putting it on the map um yes so I have um but I've lived in London on off since 99 so my my accent sort of softened but I've married an Irish guy so we keep, it keeps us and also we go back quite a lot to Ireland so um we have a holiday home in the southwest of Ireland in County Kerry so do you consider both Ireland and London home yeah I think I do I really do because I go so often um yeah and it's so near and it's so close. You still have roots there. We still have roots, still still have roots and lots of family. Let's talk about that you love London so much and that you are kind of like a spokesperson for London. Thank you very much. That that um that I'm glad that that comes across and that I do love London because it's I think that's what I'm trying to to do is on my feeds is celebrate how amazing the city is that we live in. It draws you in and it's very hard to hard to leave it. Your pride for London is so obvious and it is infectious. But do you ever get sick of talking about it? I guess you're <laughs> on you're now like doing all kinds of promo stuff for your book. Well, no, I I don't because I do it's 
no lie that I can, you know, I can hop off the tube at Covent Garden or run down Portobello Road or, you know, go across Westminster Bridge and just stop in my tracks and say, wow, this is such a beautiful city. Or, you know, the creativity at play and the the amazing bars and restaurants and cafes, the museums we have, you know, so for that reason, I just am completely in love with the city. I think it's a wonderful city to live in. But the reality is I do have, you know, I do live here. It's expensive. Um, I have a daily struggle with raising three boys, you know, in a busy, busy city and the the guilt that maybe we should be back in Ireland running through the playing fields and things like that. But I I, I don't think I could leave it anytime soon. So I think, um, yeah, I do love this city. What was your childhood like? Was it that idyllic Western Ireland running through the fields? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It absolutely was. I was um, a middle child um, with, you know, grew up in a tiny village in the West of Ireland with, you know, two pubs, a a little shop and a church. And um, it was very, very idyllic. So But I did have that feeling very early on that I wanted to, I don't know who, you know, maybe it was older cousins inspired me with their travels, you know, going to the States and coming back with gifts from us from the Big Apple. You know, I think I always felt like I wanted to travel and see the world. But I think that childhood, you know, of running in the fields means that I do need to be near, you know, we're so lucky in London with their green open spaces. So I, uh, you know, the villages, the villages we have, I do need to escape the bustle. Um, and maybe that's what has inspired Pretty City London, because a lot of what I share there is about, you know, a couple of streets over can be the busiest, busiest part of London, but you can find the quiet and the hidden, the hidden gems. London is incredible like that. It's got all of the things. And when you said hidden gems, that is so true. They are kind of hidden. Have you ever had anyone tell you, no, why did you put that on your Instagram? That was my little place. <laughs> and now all, all these people from all around the world... They're there is, there is that feeling. Um, no, I think everybody, you know, everybody, well, at this stage, St. Luke's Muse is one of the most, you know, insta-famous places. But can you imagine coming to London and not going down one of these lovely mews um, and just see, you know, being a couple of streets over in the busy, oh, busy spots? What a, so, that I, would be a tragedy. <laughs> so I wanted to share with everybody, you know, I really wanted to say that, um, encourage you not to, you know, take a risk by going down a dark alley, but just by opening your eyes to these hidden gems. I really, really wanted to do that. So you have more than just the Pretty City London account. You have three accounts. So Pretty City London, Pretty Cities, and your own personal account. Yes. Chavez. Yes. Um, Chavez was the first one and it was, I had a ridiculous nickname because Siobhan is such a, you know, a a difficult name for so many. In uni, lots of people called me Chavez. And um, when I was setting up my Instagram account, I just used it not thinking that anyone would ever follow me (laughs) (laughs) and now everyone it's it's a it's a conversation starter when I meet people they're like how do you pronounce your name and what what is it but it's obviously you know a take on Siobhan that was my first original one and and the idea with that was to do exactly what I do now is to find the beautiful although actually if you were to go back to cringe worthy images at the very beginning of the account it was there was a lot more iconic shots of London Hmm. in, in the feed then but I think because I had come back to London 
around the time I started the Instagram feed and was discovering these icons for myself. I had them in my account, but very quickly, I just wanted to, I started to discover the the local side of, of London and the, the lovely villages. And I thought, you know, everybody knows about Big Ben and as beautiful as it is. And I wanted to show a different side, you know, the, the local side. So I started doing that, but I was noticing some community hubs you know, popping up on Instagram. And I was like, I really want to have one of them. I liked, I missed, you know, I'd moved from my banking world where I had like so many people working around me and I really missed working with people. I was very isolated as a stay-at-home mom at the time. So I set up the hashtag Pretty City London um, just as a way of kind of categorizing this side of London that I wanted to share. And people started to, you know, say things like that. Look at that scene. It's very Pretty City London. And I was like, oh, yes, you're getting it. You're getting what I'm trying to say, you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to show the local side the charming not just about I, I struggled with the name I have to say because I was afraid the word pretty would make it sound you know shallow or soulless mm. but it's very hard to you know I wanted something catchy and um, easy to remember so I came up with a pretty city London and it's obviously done well for you <laughs> <laughs> I think you did a good, good one there. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's popular and people get, I think they get. But it was funny when the book came out, I thought I was doing that in my feed. You know, I was showing the neighborhood side, showing the seasons, showing the bucket list of things to do, giving people ideas. But it was only when I when it transferred to book form and in print form that people were like, oh, my God, I had no idea that that really? was the story. Um, it's so interesting what different platforms, I guess, yes, what yes. they express just inherently of what they are. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's interesting, the comments back, um, that has been the general theme. You do a lot of things and you own all three accounts and you do consulting and you're a mom to three. How do you describe what you do? Because I'm just going to call you a social media baller (laughs) and maybe just like general life baller. (laughs) But like, what would you, is that accurate? Um, How do you describe yourself? What do you do? It's funny, you know, more and more as I go to, you know, different events and I have to say what I do, I, I, you know, as I think it's just hilarious that I feel more comfortable saying an (laughs) ex-banker rather than, you know, it just roll off the tongue what I do now. But um, having the book helps, you know, it's, it's people really, you know, can understand an author. Whilst I don't know if I'm really, I'm an author, but of course you're an author. Look at this. (laughs) That's your name on the cover right there. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it is difficult. The the mom is very much, uh, you know, the first thing that that I have to say because I do have three young boys and we're now how many years into Instagram? People understand now that people make a living from the platform. So um, it's easier to say as I'm a social media photographer, stroke author, stroke mom, stroke ex-banker. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like everyone who has a multi-hyphenate career struggles with kind of that cocktail party banter and it's like what do you do it's like do you have 10 minutes because I'm about to explain everything to you so it sounds like you have come to a place though where you feel like you can express what you do fairly well yes I definitely feel like I can now and having a book as well the traditional you know um, even my parents now they you know they (laughs) they get it they get that they don't get Instagram you know because I do get comments sometimes are you still doing that Instagram thing you know from other moms um, you know, and they're like, just- you guys, I'm like a rock star <laughs> on Instagram. You don't even know. 
I really missed my working life, you know, when I, when I, 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 I didn't want to leave my boys full time, but I grieved that world that I'd left behind, you know, that independence, that fact that I was known for something, you know, or, you know, um, so I really, I think there was a lot of what I was doing in the early days where I was like, I think this could work. And I was driven by a desire to sort of do something again for me, um, and get some feedback and, you know, not that, I mean, Oh my God, I, I love my loved my my role as a mom, and still really that's absolutely the first and foremost. But I did grieve working with people and being, you know, being having an an, um, an identity outside of motherhood. Yeah. Did you have a feeling that that Instagram could become that? Did you have like yeah, a? Yeah, I definitely did. You I had that definitely gut. did. I definitely did. Like very early, um, after my first run around Notting Hill, I was thinking. Yeah, I think I was saying how um, I saw how it could, it just could have a voice. You know, I could see five months into it, it was getting a lot. I don't know what the statistics are, but I think it it was getting a lot of positive feedback in terms of users. And it was, was an app that people were going to embrace. And somehow I felt like... It's taken a long time. You know, it did take a long time for, you know, hotels and restaurants and cafes. But I just saw it as being a no-brainer for them to advertise. Okay, so back to you being an ex-banker. Because would you say that what you do now is inherently really creative? Um, Yes, I would. Even though I, 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 I struggle to call myself creative. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think, because I still think of the creative people I know in, in life. Um, yeah, I think I you mean like the kind of yeah. like mood. <laughs> smoking a cigarette, like painting a portrait or something. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. It is amazing, you know, how many principles of what I used to do. So I loved my banking days, really did. I loved my work. Mind you, I was often in a meeting. Hopefully none of the, none of the bankers would be listening, so it's fine. Um, you know, <laughs> thinking about, you know, while we were about to finish a, a bond deal, thinking about, you know, getting up to Bond Street to buy shoes <laughs> when the meeting ended. You know, so I was always or thinking about people coming over to London and how I could show them the, the new cafes and things right. like that. So, um, so there was a part of you that was not being expressed in yes, those banker definitely, situations. Definitely. Um, but the, you know, the hardworking, the have, coming up with the strategy, relationship building, team working, um, you know, all of that I apply to my work now. So um, there is a little bit of an overlap, I guess. Yeah, just that everything you do leads to the next thing in yes, one way or yes, another. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So when did you decide that this would be your new path or and by this, I mean, basically the platform of Instagram that has set you up to do so much within and outside of that platform? Yeah, I think early on, I um, I noticed that. Um, well, I noticed. Uh, so I was about it was about five months old, maybe eight months old. Instagram was when I found it. I and mean, I, that's really new to it's me. Very to new. me, you are an early adopter. Yes, I suppose. I am but yes. <laughs> even back then there were accounts that were making it massive so they were um, being suggested by Instagram so they had thousands and thousands of followers and I was watching what they were doing and how you know they had the ability to influence people's decisions on things not decisions but you know um, I could see that there was I could just felt that this, this was something that was probably going to take off and I was working out you know it, it didn't all happen overnight but I was working out what 
what I wanted to show on the platform. I thought that this was a great way of showcasing London. You know, everybody loves London. Do they, you know, what side, what do they think of when they they, when they think of London? And I know back then I didn't think of, I had no idea that all these beautiful like village like enclaves existed um, and all the beautiful independent stores and some are new, some are going back hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, these old bookstores, just that make up, make London a very special place to live and visit. Um, so I really wanted to showcase that and I thought, I loved how visual it was um, and being a busy mom back then I had, you know, a three-year-old and a two-year-old so I just didn't have time to even string a sentence together. You know, it was hard to believe that I used to write, you know, for my banking days. I couldn't, I couldn't do it but I wanted to express my myself and I love that Instagram allowed me do that through just pictures and just with simple captions. It's great to have the headspace to walk around London as well when I you know when I dropped my children to nursery I had three hours in the morning and that headspace as I was walking around it was just you know all these ideas were coming to me and it was it was amazing. It's so rare to feel that like jolt of inspiration about something. The fact that this platform basically allowed you to explore that headspace is really cool. Yes. Yeah, I know it is. And it's, you know, you read, you know, a lot of negativity around around Instagram and how, you know, I can see I will, I don't allow my children on it. They're, they're not of the age that they could use it, but I can mm. see why, why it does have some negative things. But I've always found it so positive, um, such a positive platform um, in many ways. Can, yeah. Can you like express why you well, find you, it so positive? I, I, you just... You know, if people don't like an image, they just don't hit the like button. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. you rarely get um, negative comments. Um, mostly, you know, it's it's they're they're very positive, right? Because it's not set up for it doesn't have like a boo button. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, and hopefully they won't bring yeah, that in. Yeah, <laughs> because we don't need that. And I've made some wonderful friends through it. Um, you know, very like-minded people. A lot of moms, you know, similar to me, had a career before and just struggled to you know keep it up when, when their children came along so you know but and obviously I you know it's allowed me I have a book now so you know it's it's amazing I would be lost without it. So let's talk about how this book came along it's called Pretty City London discovering London's beautiful places and based off of your Pretty City London Instagram account. So I was um, approached last year by um, Lindsay at the History Press, the publisher. So Lindsay approached me um, with the idea of doing a book, which would be purely a visual representation, a book form of the feed. But I had always a structure of a book in my head. I'm a hoarder of coffee table books, and I just found it interesting in all the London books I have that how the neighbourhood, the local side didn't play a bigger role in in London and in the London books. And there are so many uh, very distinct neighborhoods in London. Uh, absolutely. I've come to discover partially through your work, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there there really are. I mean, you can it just amazes me that you can see such like um changes as you walk around if you were to spend the whole day, you know, walking around each neighborhood, you would see, you know, real different characteristics in a lot of the neighborhoods. So I suggested to her that I had this structure, you know, of breaking it the book down by neighborhoods and sort of giving a loose form of a, a you know, a loose guide to London because I, you know, the time frame is quite limited, so I hadn't time to do a real detailed guide, but it was just to give a flavor of 
that side of London that I was trying to show. How was the experience for you now that it's out? And I know that you're still doing events and promo around it, but now that it is out, you can touch it. How has the experience been for you? What is it like to be a published author? Oh, it's it's amazing. It's really is amazing. I mean, I laughed last night. I went into Waterstones in Chiswick and to get a World Cup book, book for my boy. <laughs> and we're walking down, you know, he's focused on what he wanted to get. And we walk past a, a table of, of full of the books and I like saying to Charlie, look, there's mommy's book. Oh my God. And my younger boy, Louis, like, oh yeah, that's that book you really like. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> yep, I do really like it. So it's really funny. You know, they, they just, he's, and then they continued walking to the World Cup section. So, you know, they, you know, it's kind of pinched myself moment that that, that is my book and it's yeah. not just the book I really like. It's the book I've, I created. It's fantastic. And also when I speak to my parents, you know, they, they're very proud of, of a book, whereas they didn't really understand, you know, they have no idea about Instagram. So this really, this puts, it's, it's a lovely memoir for me as well of, of a very special time, you know, over the last few years. Have you been able to connect the dots for your parents or just people in general who don't really understand Instagram that, no, you don't understand Instagram, this platform and my success on this platform has allowed me to publish a book. Like it has kind of opened the doors. Absolutely, completely, 100% has because there's no way there's no way I personally would have had the time to, you know, knock on doors and say, I have this idea and put it together. And, you know, so Instagram is so easy, you know, it's very easy to take a picture and share it and hashtag it properly and, you know, um, get it out there. Um, whereas I don't know how I would have ever done that. Whilst there was always a book in me, hmm. it would never have happened. Have you always known that there was a book in you? Like yeah. rewind to your banker days. And did you feel that? Yeah, it's funny. I was sent a, um, an article I wrote when I was 10. What? Not an article. It's not an article. It was like a, um, I used to, it, like a sport. I used to play sport and it was like a, a synopsis of the match. We won a cup final and I wrote it when I was 10 and it was up in the school this week because that was 30 years ago oh. or th- over 30 years ago. Instagram it, it is incredible that it that it exists, basically, and that it can help people get closer to their goals. Yes. For some people, the goals themselves lie within the platform and wanting to get wanting to be an Instagram influencer and getting more of the numbers and getting that perfect shot. Yes. Do you think there is such a thing as a perfect shot? No, I don't, because I feel very strongly, you know, um, somebody asked me about the fact that, um, you know, will people buy the book? If they buy the book, will they buy it just to purely find these, you know, in, you know, places that are now known to be Insta famous and that will, you know, probably generate a lot of likes. And I was like, I hope not, because I I don't connect. I, it's very obvious to me, those those accounts that Agreed. do that. It is um, pretty transparent, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very transparent. Um, even if it's just like, you know, maybe you might not see it straight away when you come across those accounts, but eventually you will get tired of the perfect image that you feel like you've got no sort of connection, no engagement with the person that's sharing that. Um and also, I, I, you know, I feel quite strongly about people seeing the world in that way. You know, 
I, I love I love to share this side of London and I love the I'm very proud of the feeds but I really want um, people to know that I don't chase likes and I don't you know I, I think I, I would lose its popularity if um, if that was the case you know it's just nice to to be inspired by Instagram to to, to go to these not you know the places I share but actually see them in your own way do you ever struggle with because I I think that it's a really human thing that probably Instagram is playing off of a little bit is like, we like seeing the likes. It's a really, you know, it's that kind of like high you get from the number of likes. So I 100% agree with what you're saying. Like, don't chase the likes. It's so obvious. And and it will actually go the opposite way. It will, and you'll feel bad. You know, if you're, it's it's just put but pressure on you so be inspired by by beautiful imagery I mean there's so many wonderful accounts there that I've just completely inspired by but if I was to try and mimic or imitate them then it would never you know it, it wouldn't it just wouldn't work do you feel like you have a kind of complicated relationship with just social media in general I feel like a everyone I talk to is like I love it sometimes I hate it um maybe I'm too busy to sort of (laughs) yeah to overthink it you know I think Uh, you might have something there (laughs) oh yeah you have three boys that you have to are relying on you that makes me feel like (laughs) really self-involved but yeah well I think that that might be a point too like if people are feeling overwhelmed by social media and feeling like it's getting them down put your phone down and yes. go do something with your no, actual life. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Because I think, um, you know, so if I was just sharing Pretty City London images and reposting everybody else's image and I wasn't here to enjoy the city, then I think I would probably be really overwhelmed and underwhelmed. I'm curious about how you nurtured your creative side to becoming a photographer essentially from with no photography background and I think I think you may have referred to yourself as a social media photographer but I would just go (laughs) ahead and say photographer because your photos are beautiful and anyone looking at your account and I know you curate a lot and you do use some other people's but your photos are beautiful and you clearly have an eye for interior design and everything just being in your home that is clear so how did you nurture that I mean I have an older sister who I would have said was the creative really? one in her family um what did I was she academic. do just out of curiosity well, she she she's now a teacher's assistant in okay. um but she she was a makeup artist and she was always looked I, she, I was always looking up to her you know mm. um um, so I always felt like I hadn't a creative bone in my body, honestly, and uh, I ended up banking. You've proven that wrong now, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So was it a conscious development of that skill? Or it's, it's a very, very tough question because um, I've always loved pretty things and nice things and textures and tones. And I love shopping and, you know, um, loved all that. And but I think the photography, the photography thing was the biggest shock ever because it really was that that day I hopped off the bus and, you know, when I had a few, my, my youngest had started nursery and I had a few hours spare and I started snapping with my phone um, things that were catching my eye. And I was like, now they were really bad photos, but there was something, there was a theme that I could see. And then the adrenaline. So, you know, also I loved running down Portobello Road and shopping when I was banking and had some, you know, disposable income. But suddenly I was, you know, 
as a mom, I had just about enough for the, the bus there and a cup of coffee. Um, so it was so interesting to me that I was getting a similar adrenaline rush from taking a photograph and I was like really getting into it. So I did go on a journey of buying an expensive camera, working with a local photographer, thinking I might become a portrait photographer. Yeah. Um, but actually... It, I, it didn't get me the same way. It I mean, my husband actually says, you know, it's all well and good to have lovely bikes and doors, but we'll have no photos of the kids when we're older. So it was just something about the London thing, you know, the, tr- the being in London, chatting to locals, getting a feel, capturing it in some way that got me. And I did a... Um, 10-week photography course, how to become a professional photographer. But again, it was very much, um, you know, focused on a, a, you know, a big camera. The idea of somebody using an iPhone in a professional way was sort of not not heard of back then. Now, every campaign I do, apart from the book, I did use a full frame camera for a lot of the images for the book, but everything I do on Instagram is iPhone. So um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. What do you think is next for you um i'm chatting about doing two new cities um one being new york and you mentioned about those hidden gems i'm hoping i can find them Uh, yes (laughs) that account is needed there yeah (laughs) and the other uh dublin so i'm very excited by that um and i think after that or during that um it will be just to continue doing um doing this and showing london and celebrating london i think that's that's definitely the case it sounds like you're really good at keeping it quirky just by the very fact that your hands are in so many different pots. <laughs> like you need to have chaos. a little... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quirky chaos. <laughs> but how do you keep it quirky? Just being out there and experiencing London myself. And then I can, I know the story I want to tell. So discovering, getting discovering, out and discovering. Yes, yes. and how rediscovering it. as well. Yeah. Um, yes. Siobhan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Siobhan was just beyond lovely. Siobhan, thank you again for coming on the pod. Something that strikes me about Siobhan is just the genuineness of her relationship with Instagram and how she was, from the get-go, inspired to create on the platform and just totally enamored with it. She had a feeling about it, so she ran with it. Now think about how that may or may not be different from your experience with that platform and other platforms. Maybe there is something to finding what makes your heart sing as opposed to like banging and banging and really trying to make the popular thing work for you. So her book, Pretty City London, which you can find in basically any bookstore in London and online, first found its way into my hands thanks to my amazing mother-in-law, Dana Bowles. Thank you so much for a very, very thoughtful gift, which then led to this interview with Siobhan, which I so enjoyed. So thank you for putting that in motion. And also, do you dig the theme song you're hearing here? Yeah, I really like it too. You know, it really helps to have a big brother who is a professional musician. So thank you to my brother, Brian Quinn, for um, this awesome theme song that you hear. As always, guys, don't forget to keep it quirky. And I will see you right back here next week. Thank you.